0: Hello and welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a verse by verse edition with Rick Maynard today. This is episode number 68. As always, thank you for joining us. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. We're going to get caught back up here. The last week, we've been redoing some things here at Grace Point, signage, things in the interior. We're trying to keep busy as always. Welcome back, Rick. How are you? I'm good. We're trying to be a, a church and a movement that's going forward, not backward, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, we hope you're going forward in your walk with Christ. God's doing good things in your life. We hope that you like, share, subscribe, do all those kind of things. Let people know about the Grace Point Daily podcast. We passed the 3K play mark, and so we're just excited about those of you that connect with us each and every week. So let's dive right back into it, verse by verse. Take it away, Rick.
1: Okay, we are on uh, First King, or yes, First Kings uh, chapter 1, verse 51. We'll probably finish up. Uh, this uh, first chapter, I was looking because it's always interesting how long we spend on this because we only get a few verses a week most of the time. Uh, we actually started First Kings on uh, March the 10th. So here we are at May 1st, and we're going to finish up. So uh, it takes us a while when you go through verse by verse and comment on each verse. But uh, And it's because I'm so knowledgeable that it just yep. takes a long time to explain every detail. That's, you know.
0: Yeah. Okay. You're like a Christian Yoda. Yes, that's right. I saw the new Star Wars trailer the other day. That looks pretty awesome, too. Uh Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so here we go. Uh, I won't—I don't rehash everything too much, but Solomon uh, has become king. Adonijah, his brother, was wanting to be the king uh, and is not the king. And so uh, that has all happened uh, prior to these verses. So it says— in verse fifty-one, then Solomon was told, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, and is clinging to the horns of the altar. He says, "Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword." So uh, David is not the king; uh, he's turned all that over to Solomon, and that is all by God's uh, plan. That's who God wanted to be in there. So, um, and it's odd that Adonijah is so afraid. Uh, He has declared himself king prior to this. He just acts like he's the man, and now all of a sudden, uh, things didn't go his way, and he's turned into kind of a a little bit of a crybaby here.
0: Uh, He runs to the altar. Kind of like uh, James Harden of the Houston Rockets? Yeah, yeah, big (laughs) crybaby, Oh, wait, this is a modern Christian dance. We're not talking sports right now, Yeah, we better move on. Yeah. And, you know,
1: he's not afraid of David because David's not the king anymore. And, uh, you know, David, we've talked about how David really didn't discipline Adonijah like he should in the past. Uh, Adonijah probably, if David was still king, he could probably think, well, you know, he'd probably forgive me. He's always forgiven me. He's never really been that mean. He's never reprimanded me. Uh, He could probably think, but maybe him and Solomon have not gotten along so well. And and he may think that Solomon's just waited for this chance, you know, to to get him. So uh, he's de- declared himself king. He's afraid now. Uh, and it's interesting because he, he tried to take all this away from Solomon and step in where God didn't want him. And now uh, he addresses him as King Solomon, you mm-hmm. know, his, his own brother now. He has to acknowledge as king. And then he says... Um, uh, where was it? In here? Let uh, let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death. So it's not only, you know, you're my king, but now I'm your servant. You know, yeah. And uh, I, I we kind of hit on this a little bit, but I've always found it interesting how people run to the altar, you know, yes. only yep. in times of distress, right? You know, and we should run to the altar in times of distress. You know, that's I mean that is the place to go. But when you've never been there before and, you know, people say, well, does God hear the prayers? You know, I suppose he does, but I think God takes everything into consideration. Uh, It's not that we've earned an answer to prayer, but also when you've denied God and denied his plan and everything, and now when things don't work your way, uh, you run to the altar. You know, the hospital chapel is the, the prime example, you know. Um, or they want the pastor to come and pray for their family (laughs) who has never had anything to do with them.
0: It's interesting you brought that up because I have actually, the last few weeks, I've been at the hospital a lot, and as I've been visiting one particular individual, I walk by the chapel every time, and every time I pass by, it's been empty every single time. Yeah, Not a single person praying in there. Yeah, And uh, that's really the summation a lot of times of our lives. We're just not ever praying. Mm -hmm. And uh, think of how many people that were even in the hospital, you know, that day. I'm like, how many people in this hospital probably really need prayer, really need people praying for them, and there's no one there?
1: Right. I, I do like um, some of the hospitals that actually have prayer, you know, over mm-hmm. the intercom. And oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. It's great that they're <clears throat> privately owned where they can do that, you know. Uh, they're not governed to tell, oh, you can't pray in the hospital, you know, what. It's offensive to people. And I've always found that weird how prayer can be offensive. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're praying to the God of the universe, but people are offended, you know, because of that. Um, but anyway, uh, in verse 32, or 52, Solomon replied, if he shows himself to be a worthy man, not a hair on his head will fall to the ground. But if evil is found in him, he will die. So there was conditions for the forgiveness. Um, you know, I'm not sure that because this was under a time of you know, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth kind of thing. It's not under uh, God's grace and mercy like we know today. But uh, at that time, especially during those times, they would have uh, forgiveness. If you show yourself to be a worthy man, then I won't kill you, you know. And I wonder sometimes if God's not like, uh, you know, I know you said you're sorry, but, you know, let's see how how this plays out. Are you Mm -hmm. truly repentant yeah you know uh and then the question you know who's gonna judge that it says if evil be found in him i mean is adonijah gonna or i'm sorry solomon gonna decide who um you know whether he's a worthy man whether he's got evil in him and then the other thing he asks, he says adonijah says swear to me you know make an oath that you won't kill me Uh, he doesn't do that he doesn't swear an oath he just Says if he's a worthy man, then I won't kill him, and you know. Uh, but uh, he left it open to his discretion. In other words, uh, Solomon said, you know, if you're a worthy man, if you're judged to be a worthy man, if you don't have any evil in you, then then things are going to be okay. So um, I think people think God is more like Adonijah that they can run and say, I'm sorry, God, and then all of a sudden God says, Okay, come to heaven. You know, everything's yeah. fine and yep. never have to worry about it again. Uh, they don't like the Solomon idea that says, you know, if you show yourself to be a worthy man. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, uh, we, we talk on here. We know that that's about grace and mercy and not about works. We're not talking about right. just doing yep. the right thing and you get to go to heaven. Um, I thought it was uh, – actually, it was sad, but I watched a uh, show the other night. It was talking about Queen – the rock group, Queen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they I just, hate to say a... I like some of their music, but <laughs> uh, but they were talking, interviewing Freddie Mercury, and mm-hmm. he said, uh, yep. the guy said, are you going to heaven? I mean, that was his question to him. Oh, wow. And he said, no. And he said, I don't really want to go to heaven. He said, none of my friends are going to be there. Wow. I mean, that was his statement. It was wow. blatantly, you know, most people will say, I mean, I guess you have to appreciate the honesty. Yeah, you know, most, most people say, "Well, sure, I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person," you know. <laughs> but for him, and I thought, man, what a sad reflection on all your friends, hmm. you know, because you're saying none of them are going to be there either. And he died of HIV, right? Right. AIDS. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, you know, I doubt that he's uh, too happy about that at this point. I, mm-hmm. I hope things changed for him after that yeah. interview. But wow. more than likely, it's I don't really want to go to heaven. Hmm. It's pretty blatant throw things in God's face, you know, I'm sure God could say, hey, not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> right, know? right, yep. And I, we shouldn't even say that, because I'm sure that grieved God. Right, the heart of know? God. So, okay, yeah. moving on, chapter 2. When the time drew near for David to die, uh, he gave Solomon, or he gave a charge to Solomon, his son, and I we call these famous last words, and we always joke about those things, you know, that... Um, you know, you get ready to put up a light fixture and the power's off. You know, famous last words. Um, Job fourteen five says, "Man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed." And I, I've said that many times, um, and I've given that example of uh, when I went to Israel one time and people were like oh, aren't you afraid, you know, to be in Israel with all the uh, conflict that's going on and all those kind of things. It's like, do we think we're fooling God by... And I know we can shorten our days by doing foolish things. I mean, I understand that, but God has a day for me. And me running off to Israel is going to say, oh, man, I was going to... You know, today was going to be your last day, but since you went to Israel, you kind of got things fouled up or... (laughs) Or, you know, if God's going to take me, he's going to take me in Israel, or he's going to take me here, you know.
0: Sometimes I'm really annoyed by American Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, I know. Our concept of life. <laughs> well, and my my word to
1: that was, I think Israel is our friends. Right, so right. I don't think they're out to kill all the Americans that come there. So anyway, um, uh, David is not called King David here. So it says, when it came near time for him to die, uh, just says David. And uh, the, I found there's three possibilities or three opinions about this. It says, you know, Solomon is king. That's the pretty simple thing. He's already declared him uh, king. The other is that he can't reign in the state of health he's in. Now, I don't really agree with that because he was pretty wise in all of these last words. He was pretty wise in making sure that Solomon became king. It seems like he still had his uh, mental capabilities. Sounds like his body was failing, but I don't think he had Alzheimer's. I don't think he had dementia. Uh, so I think he's still uh, able. So I don't know that it has anything to do with uh, the health other than the fact that we know he's not going to live long. But um, And and the naysayers, you know, and we have we never have those in the church, but, you know, outside of the church we have those people. But um, there would be people who would say he can't reign over death so how's he going to rule over the nation and i admire churches where i've heard where a pastor became ill and the church didn't say hey you've got to go you know you're you don't have the capability of running the church Mm -hmm. you know administration uh you're too weak to preach or you can't you know uh, you can't visit people that are sick in the hospital. And so they ask a the pastor to leave. Uh, and we ha- we've we experienced it here. I mean, Brother Graham went through some times of of health issues. And you know what? He remained the pastor. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: We didn't say because you're <laughs> not able, you're out. You know, uh, I don't know that there was ever that discussion. I was on the board part of the time, I think, of, of those uh, times. And there was never a question about, you know, paying him and calling him the pastor of this church. People filled in. People did the right thing, and we took care yeah. of things. And he came back. Yeah, you know. And so, uh, I don't. I don't really believe that statement. I think that statement comes from those negative people who would say, "Well, you know, he can't take care of his own health. How can he yeah. rule a nation? Or
0: how can he rule the church?" You know. I actually know of a church in this area, uh, not connected at all with our particular movement, that that did that kind of kind of booted a pastor out because he was not. Right. Abel uh, had issues and family health issues, and we're like, all right, sorry, we've got to move on. Right.
1: Well, and, you know, it might be a different story, too, if if they're suffering from something that they're not going to get better and they're not going to come back, you know, there might be a need for a, a new pastor to replace. But anyway, that's all. We could um, we could have modern Christian dad episode on all that. But, yep. Um, and the final words, and, uh, you know, I always, uh, when I worked on the ambulance service, I I was taught, and I was taught, that when people are, are dying and they have last words, you need to, to listen. And if they say, tell my wife I love her, or you know those types of things, you need to make sure that mm-hmm. you do that. You need to make sure that you go to that person or uh, however you need to do it, but that you say, your husband wanted me to tell you yeah, that he true. loved you. That was his final words. And so there is something about... fine. And uh, on the other side of that, I have seen people say, I'm dying, and they did. I mean, there's something that happens, I believe, at at death, on the deathbed, that there are things that happen there that are kind of supernatural, you know. And um, so those famous last words are important. And a few things that they may be from... Uh, divine inspiration. In other words, on your deathbed, I believe God could speak to someone on their deathbed that they would have words that, that they knew were anointed and from God that it's like, well, I, you know, I didn't really plan this. Because some people think about that. They think, what would my last words be to my children? Mm-hmm. What would my last words be to my spouse or whatever? But I think there's times when it's divine inspiration, when God speaks and uses you in those last words that that it makes them more important than they would have been uh, had you just spoke them in a Sunday school class or on a podcast or or whatever, that they're more relevant uh, and more inspirational because you're not going to have a chance to say it later. Yeah, You know, this is my last chance to say what I've got to say. Um, I think a different perspective, you know, you have... A dying man has a different perspective on life, on uh, how short life is, on how the things Mm -hmm. have passed so fast. And we all know we're going to die, but we don't think it's going to be today. Right. We know it's a possibility.
0: I've had this idea. I've never acted on it because I thought people think I'm really weird. But I always had this cool idea that every year I would make a my death video, Mm -hmm. and I would just make a video as if I was going to die in the near future. And then what would my words be? And then, you know, if I, maybe I would actually die that, you know, then there would be a video to play. But what if, uh, if I kept living, how would that video alter itself along, you know, if I watched death video, number one to Mm -hmm. death video, number 25, how would my thinking evolve or or change? Or would my words change would be consistent or would I have different revelations that would, you know, kind of change along the way?
1: Right, and I'm sure they would because your kids are going to age and you're going to have grandkids and, you know, you'll have words for them. Um, one of the movies that uh, I watched in the past, uh, I won't say anything recently because we wouldn't put out any spoilers on anything, but mm-hmm. yep. uh, one, of the, <laughs> one of the movies with Michael Keaton was called My Life, and he did that very thing. Um, hmm. His wife was pregnant, and so he made the, the video for his unborn son. Oh wow! We I, I read, read him stories, and you know all oh. those kinds of things, and then uh, I don't want to spoil the movie if you ever want to watch it, but you know at the end it's they're reading those stories. Wow! You know on the video, and the little boys, you know, daddy. I mean he, she's pointed out that's daddy. You know, so so anyway, um, uh, and it it probably would be natural for children to listen more intently. You know, I could have advice for them now. You know, live for God and go to church, and, you know, I've told them all those things all these years. But, you know, if I'm laying on the deathbed and they're thinking, okay, the most important words of his life should be coming out of his mouth right now. And what he's saying is, serve God, go to church, you know, go, I mean, those kind of things. I think it's more intent in those. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, the sad part about that is that in the emotion of the moment, that child or grandchild or whoever would probably listen intently and think, oh, man, Grandpa's last words were, you know, to serve God and uh, all those kind of things. But then, you know, you kind of go away from that and you forget about how sad it was and, you know, and then you go ahead and do whatever Grandpa said not to do, Yeah, you know, because, hey, Grandpa's <laughs> not here. He's not going to know. I mean, so uh, anyway, these instructions that David gave were Uh, for Solomon alone, they were not Adonijah's words. Uh, you know, and I actually said, what about Adonijah? You know, did he have any words? I mean, why did he not Mm. have any words for Adonijah, you know, about, uh, look at what you've done (laughs) with your life. Look at what you could have done. Look at how Solomon has forgiven you. You know, uh, I forgive you. There's no mention of his words to, to, uh, Adonijah, uh, it, it probably is a little bit like he didn't raise him like he should have, and now he's probably not giving him the last words in his life like he should be doing. But
0: uh, There's, There was no prodigal son moment here, right, if you will. Not, <laughs> not that
1: we know of, unless that's written in the, between the lines someplace. But uh, Verse 2 says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said, so be strong, show yourself a man. Going the way of all the earth uh, basically is a way of saying all men die. You know, uh, I've lived a full life. Seventy at that time was the full life. Um, You know, he's saying God is finished. I'm going the way of the earth. God's finished with me. You know, that's, I'm out of here. (laughs) And with no regrets, really, I mean, I think we all have regrets. You know, we all have things that we wish we would have done differently. I have regrets about lots of things in my life, the way i uh, wasn't around as much as I should have been with my kids and those kind of things, but uh, but basically he says God's finished with me, and I think that that dying person I know we've joked about it where uh, you know my aunt Gertrude said stop praying for me, you know <laughs> she was ready to go. I mean she felt like God was done with her and she was ready. She said stop praying <laughs> for me, you know. Uh, he says uh, I'm going the way of the earth. He says be strong um you know in in lots of ways but in your uh, grieving i know this is in other words uh if you're the the man if you're the uh the david here speaking to your kids it's like i know you'll grieve i know this is going to hurt but you know you're going to get the life insurance no that's not <laughs> yeah but uh i know it's going to i know it's going to hurt but be strong i know you're going to grieve but don't let it overwhelm you, you know. Don't let it become a um, something that restricts you from serving God. You know. Don't get mad at God because uh, God is taking me away. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, be strong. All men die. Be strong. This is my time. And then he says, "Show yourself a man." You know, a man can grieve. Um, You've been given a man's task. You've been given a great task here. Uh, you need to be a man over this. I think David failed a little bit in you know he was very manly in the fact that he was a giant killer and uh, all of those th- kind of things. You know, show yourself a man. He was he was a man, but I think he had failed in some ways. There was times where he didn't speak what needed to be spoken to Adonijah and to others. Uh, He was too kind and too forgiving at different times. Uh, But he's saying, be a man. Don't let that happen to you. you." And and God wouldn't have given you this if he didn't think you were able. So don't wonder. Don't sit and say, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not. And I guess those would be uh, good words for the pastor. You know, don't sit around and say, I don't know if I can do this or not. You know, God sent you. God asked you to do this. He wouldn't have sent you here. He wouldn't have asked you to come here and serve in this position uh, if he didn't think you were able. And I know that ability comes through through God. Yeah. But still, um, <laughs> you can't sit and doubt. I, I I saw something one time in a book said, "Don't doubt yourself to death." You know, don't sit around and say, "I don't know if I can do this. It's too big." You're right. It's too big. Yeah. It's too big to be uh, without God in it. That's for sure. And And uh, Stella and I were talking the other night just about, uh, you know, life in general, you know, the complaints and the, you know, we all have all these irritations of the phone calls and the complaints that you get. And, you know, I made that statement. I said, the Lord didn't call me to be a pastor, (laughs) you know, uh, there's a special calling there. And I, I, I see it, the more I see people, not even just in the church, but outside the church, who whine and complain about every little thing? The more I admire the pastor of the church, <laughs> uh, you know, because you're you're trying to pastor people who should know better. Right. <laughs> it's not the world we're talking about out there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. These are people who should know better, yeah. and you're trying to to be diplomatic, to not be, you know, to not say what you want to say sometimes. and Right. So I'm just, I'm throwing a shout out to our pastor today. <laughs> to, I
0: had someone the other day they were talking to, it wasn't pertaining to me, but it was just an individual that they were, um, I think they had connection with or something, but the individual, had, you know, had some issues, problems, moved on, and they were like, oh, we'd love to see you back at this church, and, or come back to church, and uh, I'm going to another church because uh, I, I I'm being fed. You know, yeah. and we've joked on that line quite right. a bit, and you know, your your cynical side says, "Well, well, babies need to be fed. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. not adu- not mature yeah. adults. I don't I don't need to be fed. I feed I feed myself. Right. I, I feed myself <laughs> to do that on my own. I feed
1: myself all week, and then I come here for a little bit of a banquet.
0: And you that's not, not just a rant, but you know, he's, David is speaking about maturity, about mm-hmm. being a mature leader, a mature man of God. I wanna, I'm, I'll let you go back into it, but I love, I'm not always a huge fan of the message version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do really like it at times, and this is one particular instance where I think I really love how it says this. It says, when David's time to die approached, he charged his son Solomon saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, but you be strong, show what you're made of, do what God tells you. Walk in the paths he shows you. Follow the life map absolutely. Keep an eye out for the signposts, his course, for the life set out in the revelation to Moses. Then you'll get on well in whatever you do mm. and wherever you go. But I like that. that you know, follow, really good. follow the life map. Keep your eye out for the signposts, and you'll stay on course. Right.
1: And And, you know, we all should every day when we begin to, look to the side and complain or be unhappy about things, we should, you know, bring ourselves back on course. You know, that's getting off course. Yep. You know, and I, I think I told you this, but when you're talking about being fed and, uh, you know, I've heard this line most of my life, you shouldn't have to part the whiskers to put the bottle in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So anyway, that's for all you people out there, not for me. Unless it was a Greek baby, you know, and probably have a mustache. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) My
0: good Greek friend who's uh, evangelist, he was born with a mustache.
1: (laughs) Hmm, Haven't seen that one. Okay, where are we on time here?
0: Let's do one more,
1: one or two more. Okay. Uh, A few minutes left. This is, verse 3 is actually just a continuance of um, verse uh, 2. Yeah. It says, And observe what the Lord your God requires, walk in his ways, keep his decrees, and command and his commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Uh, you know, that's part of what you just read in a better uh, better word, a, a more thorough listing of the things, maybe a more modern-day listing of those things. But if you look at what those words mean, and that's probably a good— that message is probably a good—I yeah. uh, don't know if we we'll call it a translation, but anyway— uh, of of what was just said here, but even though you are king, you are not above God's commands. You know, yes, so amen. remember who you are. You know, you may be, again, you can bring it right down to the pastor or whatever. You may be pastor and you've been placed in a position of leadership, but you're not above God's direction and God's commands. Honestly, that is who you get your direction and commands yeah. from. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, the board is... Uh, the uh, uh, the watch the watchman for the pastor, you know, they're the board are the ones who are supposed to keep the pastor in line, and we make it political like Congress <laughs> is supposed to keep the president in line. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I've mentioned it before, but what it says on a uh, as far as a deacon on the requirements, it says to serve in a supporting role to the pastor. Mm-hmm. It's not about uh, governing the pastor and making sure he doesn't get out of line. So um, you're not above God's commands. None of us are. But leadership especially, sometimes they start thinking that they're above even what God says to do. So uh, it says requirements. In other words, these are not just uh, good ideas. You need to observe what God requires. Um, And and we shouldn't have to do things just because God— there are things we do just because God said so. But we ought to have such a love for him— and a, and a belief that he has rules and guidelines because he loves us, yeah. you know. Uh, children can get mad at their parents all day long because they won't let them run across the street. But, uh, you know, that's a law, a command that's for protection, and God's laws were for that. Yeah. You know, we think God's holding us back from having a good time, you know. You, you shouldn't be drunk. Well, why wouldn't God let me be drunk? It's fun to be drunk, you know. Uh, I've heard people say smoking marijuana, and especially before it became medicinal. Well, that comes from the plants of the earth, and God created the plants of the earth, so we should be able to smoke marijuana. And, you know, uh, people use some crazy things thinking that God's trying to prevent us from having a good time.
0: I hope this makes a little bit of sense, but I literally thought about this this morning on the way to Walmart. Nothing to do with the Bible. I was thinking about mountain biking and uh, that... It's really relative. A lot. So, for example, I went down to Eureka Springs and there are all these downhill runs and things like that. Now, in mountain biking, there are some absolute things that you have to do Mm -hmm. in terms of mountain biking. But then there's a lot of relatives, you know, because I could tell you, okay, when you're heading to this jump or this berm, Mm -hmm. you should attack it this way. Right. And uh, for some people, that might be effective, but maybe, you know, there's some different ways of. Mm Riding that ramp or that berm or that curve, you know, I like to, you know, do this right. as opposed to that. There's a little bit different way of riding styles that could be effective, but then there are some absolutes. Like one, one absolute is when you are heading towards a very technical obstacle, don't hit your brakes uh, or don't hit your front brake, you will fly over. Mm-hmm. You know, these things, they are absolute things that work every single time. And I don't know why I was thinking about that, but I just came, I was thinking about that, that the absolutes always override the relative things. So there's these things that are relative, you know, that we could do differently, but still the absolutes always override those. They're, they're always absolute. They're, they're things that you can't shift or Mm -hmm. change. They are absolute rules right. that you have to obey right. when you are riding that mountain bike, right. you know, that you can't get away from. And then there's a lot of things you go, like, okay, well, you ride this way. I'll ride that way. You mm-hmm. you, you know, you tackle a little bit differently. And that's kind of with our spiritual lives. There are absolutes from absolute commands, absolute words from God. We have to mm-hmm. follow. They're not ones that like I can kind of, you know... Right. Uh, partially obey that one and I'll be okay. No, that's an absolute. There are things in life when it comes to our Mm -hmm. Christianity, right? I mean, it could be, we talked about, we went and saw a movie last night. Some people could say, well, I don't think it's very Christian to go to that movie or Mm -hmm. not go to that movie. I I don't know. That's kind of maybe an opinion there a little bit. Maybe not a for sure absolute, but there is an absolute for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's what David is saying to Solomon. There are absolutes in God's word that you cannot... Not obey if you want it to go well with you.
1: Right. Well, the whole uh, the whole issue of the Ten Commandments. uh, You know now there are six hundred and thirteen commandments, and that is because the uh, rabbis said. You know when it said uh, "Thou shalt not kill," then somebody would say, "Well, what about this?" Or, uh, you should keep the Sabbath holy. Well, what does that mean to keep the Sabbath holy? So they begin to make guidelines what you can do on the Sabbath. And and the Pharisees even took it a little further because they they did something that was called fencing the law. So they would build a fence around it. In other words, these things are allowable. So the the one commandment says this, but then here's all the exceptions and the you know the different just like what you're talking about, the different directions. And and it says, it really the original doesn't even say thou shalt not kill. It says thou shalt not murder. Because people say, well, what about war, and what about this, and what about that? Well, if it says thou shalt not murder, that takes away from—it doesn't say thou shalt not kill. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, murder is a whole different thing than thou shalt not kill. And so, uh, you know— they Praise begin God, to, I, I receive that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some people I want to— no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, it goes on, it says, yeah. uh, uh, keep his decrees— decrees were laws beyond comprehension. In other words, I don't have to figure it out. It's just what we said. There's some things absolute. Don't come to me and say, well, why doesn't God want me to do this, and why doesn't God want me to do that? I don't know, and I don't need to know. He just said don't do it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: <laughs> Your boys may not totally understand why they're not supposed to run out in front of a car. You know, They've never seen anyone hit by a car. They've never seen anybody in a coma from... Uh, you know, being hit by a vehicle or or whatever. So they can't explain all of it. They know that they're not supposed to. I'm not going to say they're always obedient. Well, I'm sure your kids are always obedient. But some kids are not always (laughs) obedient. So so it's law uh, without—decree means law without uh, or beyond, not without explanation, beyond explanation. God knows, but— uh, and it, it has, to be, has to do with pray when it seems ineffective and work when it seems unappreciated. That's beyond nobody ever says thanks. It doesn't matter if anybody says thanks. God said to do it. You just keep on doing it, you yeah. know. Uh, keep his commandments. That's the things that we do understand. His, his judgments are his laws, the laws out of Leviticus, those kind of things. Not all those apply to us today, but that's what they were talking about then. His testimonies. Commandments that remind us of God's goodness. In other words, the Sabbath and all the holidays, keeping those. Uh, the benefits of keeping the commandments, you'd be successful in all you do and everywhere you turn. And the Hebrew word for successful has nothing to do with money. You will be wise and intelligent. That's what it means to be uh, successful. Um, we're probably, um, well, let me finish up. Uh, they should... They should come to us naturally. In other words, you shouldn't have to constantly think, should I do this and should I do that? There are some things that come natural. And one of the ways to make things come natural is by repetition. If you'll pray naturally, it's because you pray often. If you'll read your word, I have to try to make a point. I don't always keep it exact, but I make a point. I have an alarm set in the morning for 8 o'clock. I get up, I have coffee, I visit with Stella. Uh, we might watch a little news or something, and she has the alarm set on the clock for eight o'clock, and that's when I go in and study. And so um, uh, you know, by repetition, I don't have to I don't forget to study <laughs> during the week. I don't always study like I should. Uh, I mean, how many mo- how many of us can say I read enough and I pray enough? And none of us probably. Yep. but uh, but by repetition, I always thought about it uh, typing. And running a ten key on your computer, or adding machines, and those things become natural because of repetition. You didn't just pick it up one day and know how to how to type. Yeah. It's repetition that that causes. So, uh, so in other in other words, that those commandments have to do with doing those things, whether we know, uh, you know, shooting a basketball. Nobody gets to be great on the first shot. Yep. you know, repetition is the thing, uh, and the other. Is, so it says to be successful in all you do and everywhere that you turn, and then you'll have divine help and protection. Uh, it's always good when you are obedient. Amen.
0: Hey, appreciate you guys listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I want to encourage you with a couple things. Number one, remember, you can listen to us on any podcast platform, whatever it might be, Google, Spotify, iTunes, all those kind of things. Get us dialed in there and uh, like I said, just subscribe to it on whatever platform that you're listening to. And one thing that I don't really ever mention that much is you can become a supporter of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. If you listen on the Anchor platform, you can click that button, become a supporter. You can have a monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99, $9.99 per month. It really helps us out. I got some exciting things coming up down the pipe. We're getting some new gear. We're going to be shifting the show in about 20 episodes, trying to keep raising the level, raising the bar. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. We will talk to you next time.